you're listening to Downworlder Dish, a Shadowhunter Chronicles podcast. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 154, where we will be discussing chapter four of City of Angels, The Art of Eight Limbs. I'm Kristen. <laughs> I'm Robin. And I'm Amanda. The only thing I think about with this is, like, you remember when you were a kid on the swing sets and, like, your friend would get on the opposite way and you would swing, like, double? Like, no, but that what? sounds really cool. Oh um, my god, we did, did that, that all the time. like as a kid, but not like with my mom, like when we were like toddlers. Mm-hmm. But okay. I don't remember doing that with another. Oh yeah, human maybe, child. Maybe, maybe that's a gay thing. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> my school didn't have uh, swings, so I guess I wasn't experienced in swings. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. I'm, I'm not an experienced swinger. You could say, if you will. Yeah. We had you just like pineapples. We had some serious swings in elementary at our elementary school. They like they were really fucking tall, like too tall. Why were they that tall? It made no sense that they were that tall, but they were like just adults put them together. Yeah, they were just like those weird like triangle, like you know, a two Uh and a half inch, you know, steel pipe is basically what it's made out of. But they were really, like, the chains were super long and, like, you know, you'd roll the the seat to, like, yes. make it higher so it was the right, like. No. <laughs> Robin's like, my Absolutely legs are short. Absolutely not. <laughs> that would ruin the integrity of the chain and then you could fall and hurt yourself. No. Oh, my God. <laughs> Three feet. And I have had a swing fall on me. Mm. That has happened in my life. Owie. Oh, I don't know. My favorite was when you really get going and then you just launch yourself at, at the apex. You're just like, woo, no. I'm flying. No. No. Also, no. Straight into bark chips no. that are still embedded in your skin. <laughs> that sounds like a broken bone. Mm-hmm. Paranoid kids on the playground. That was me. Yeah. And we had metal slides. That was. Oh, yeah, we did, too. Not cool. Mm-hmm. Burn your hand. Because you have to test it first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, our mm. elementary school had a pretty good setup. That's and we cool. had, like, the black top where if it was raining, uh-huh. which it was, like, 90% of the time, <laughs> that's where we would go. Yep. My um, <clears throat> daughter jammed her finger in her basketball game on Saturday. And it has, you know, when it's, like, purpley and mm-hmm. swollen and stuff? And I was, she's like, oh, I, it looks really bad. We should go to the doctor. And I was like, look. Here's a finger brace. Is, <laughs> well, it's like, if it's really, really painful, I will absolutely take you. But it looks like a normal finger jam to me. Like, mm-hmm. we taped um, her fingers together. We iced it. Yep. And she's like, you used to get this from basketball? I was like, tetherball, clearly. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> clearly absolutely. it was tetherball. Look Something at me. Something I could be really within a five foot range of myself. I don't yeah. really have to run anywhere. Maybe a step, <laughs> a half step. <laughs> and yeah. believe it or not, I was very tall in elementary school because I stopped growing after Same sixth Z. grade, basically. Oh, okay. So we had the edge on the tetherball. And it was mm-hmm. like the 90, 99, right? So platform mm-hmm. shoes on top of it. I mean, mm-hmm. come on. Well, yes, all, all you really true. need to do is you, you need to find your spot and, and you get your angle down and they can't even touch it. You're way above mm-hmm. their head by the time it gets on their side. That you is just, true. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> that was, was my a four favorite. Square. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. Four mm-hmm. square. That was me. 
I was good. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I very distinctly remember Robin teaching me the lyrics to Pretty Fly for a White Guy. Like, mm. as we were lining up to walk in from recess and, like, walking up those stairs to go in by, you know, where the cafeteria was. I don't know. I just very distinctly, every time I think about recess at that school, I think about Robin, like, Ooh. over recess teaching me the lyrics of that song. <laughs> I, I love about- that you didn't just listen to the song. Well, we couldn't have our discman. That's fair. I think about every embarrassing thing I did or said on that playground, and it haunts me, and I can't sleep still. That's what I think of. Mm-hmm. I understand that. No. Mm-hmm. For for me, that haunting embarrassment comes uh, from the uh, three talent shows that I <laughs> <laughs> thought was a good idea to sing in. <laughs> fabulous i love Shame your parents were probably just cheering you on my parents weren't there uh, well <laughs> like you should do it you're so good no they don't i don't oh, oh. <laughs> i would I say said. the same thing but i have a picture of us that i, I think i even posted it mm-hmm. and i think my dad took the picture so he must have been there i just don't remember oh for sure yeah that's great yeah i i think at our graduation my mom was there <laughs> I'm fairly certain. I would hope so. Well, I mean, yes, in modern, you know, in our day, I would never miss that. But, like, my mom was a single mom, and it was, like, during the yeah. day. So it's like, if she mm-hmm. can't get away from from work, then she can't get away from work, you know? That's fair. My mom didn't go to my eighth grade graduation, so I guess <laughs> that makes sense. Not that today Kristen thinks that's an excuse, but at the time that mm-hmm. Kristen was well-versed in having to take care of things on her own because right. of that. Right. That's <laughs> yeah. fair. I remember my brother always got to do cool stuff when he, like, did – They he graduated, whatever, elementary school, and, like, they, he went out to a movie and saw just Jurassic Park stuff and um, nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just like, not say. forgot about you. Yeah, just no. <laughs> Sorry. <sighs> oh, In my head, all I, I was thinking was, like, forgot about Renee. Because forgot about Drake. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, hey, guys. Guys, I'm still here. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh, I love it. Oh, um, Before Lord. we get started, I have a quick, I have a sick air quote, I suppose. I don't know. Sick child that's very oh. vocal. So um, I've asked him to keep it down. But, you know. Indeed. He's kind of noisy. Yeah, it's like six. So I'm very sorry if you hear him in the background. It should be okay. I don't know what that was, but it wasn't the six year old. (laughs) (laughs) He was a ro. He turned into a robot. I forgot to tell you that. (laughs) Danger, Will Robinson. Yeah. Oh my gosh. How was everyone's weekend? Yeah. Wow. That is stuff clean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. Basketball. Yep. We went to the mall. <sighs> well, we Ooh. went to a couple of places and then we had to end up going. To, I was trying to avoid going to the mall, but we ended up going to the mall. Always. Um, As you do. Well, Bryn had like, you know, gift cards and stuff from Christmas and she still had like gift cards from last Christmas. <laughs> I was oh, like, wow. Okay. 
<laughs> I was like, I didn't know you didn't spend this. So we went shopping and stuff, and she got like three hoodies and all like an incense burner and like shit, like a, a coconut uh, little fake guitar. Like, I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> awesome. She got things that made her happy. <laughs> yeah. Sparked her joy. It was a good day. Yeah. And then we went to the bookstore, and so she like, piled up on the books and stuff. She got a Chuck Palahniuk book, which I was I very that. impressed with. I was like, okay. I was like, you'll have to let me read it after you're done. She loves horror and stuff like that. So. Okay. It's her jam. <clears throat> yeah, but we had a really great day. So, Well, that's fun. Yeah. Did you end with sushi? No, we had Thai. Mm, okay, okay. That's acceptable. Yeah. I was just going to say that. That's acceptable. It was really good. Like, where we live in, like, the Vancouver area, um, there is, in my opinion, no good Chinese food. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have really excellent Thai food and really excellent Japanese food. So I'm like, that's uh-huh. that's a fair. It's a good trade. Yeah. I, I really yeah. wanted to get Chinese food when we were in Los Angeles, and it just didn't, the stars didn't line up for me. Mm. And I was sad. Yeah, I would be sad, too. <laughs> Anyway, wow, we're boring. I guess we should just jump into it. We should just cut the chit-chat and kick things off with Robin's recap. Previously on (laughs) Downworld or Dish. The Bam Fam plus Clarion are in Eric's garage reeling over the fact that Simon has the vampire drip. He's like totally the ticket they need to send the band into the glow-up era that they deserve. Clary and Simon know better than to test the patience of the NYC vampire clan and advise them to take a seat. Bet. Enter this dude, Kyle. He wants to try out for the band. He's like slightly sus, but also swaggy as hell. The band sends him outside so they can discuss if they want Kyle in, and the scales are tipped when Clary tells them that Kyle has the main character energy they need to get a female fan base. Also, she low-key wants to make sure that the rest of the band don't get used to blabbing about Simon being a vampire. Simon and Clary have a moment when they walk to Luke's, and it's cute for, like, five minutes before Clary starts bringing up stuff that makes Simon a sad boy. She leaves, and this rando jumps out of a van and starts threatening Simon. Simon tells him to take his wallet and the W, but this guy won't listen. He tries to attack Simon and literally turns into a pillar of salt. When Simon gets home, his mom is pressed because she found his blood stash in his room, and she's like, oh my god, pick a struggle, and then let me help you. This is some Dahmer shit. Simon tries to lie, but his mom knows he's being sus. Simon is, like, freaking the fuck out, so he tells her that he's a vampire. His mom is like, Simon, TBH, I don't love this journey for you. I think the drugs are messing with you. Simon has her feel his non-existent pulse. And now that she knows he's literally dead, she tells him that he can't be her son. Make it make sense. Simon decides to hypnotize his mom and then GTFO out of there. Back at the Institute, Jace is going through the box of stuff from his dead dad, and the information just hits different now that he knows everything about V-Tang. He gets a knock on the door from Clary, who's totally not looking snatched, but is still able to riz Jace up. They start, like, making out, but Jace is totally distracted by his intrusive thoughts about the trauma they just went through. Clary tells him that she loves him, and Jace freaking stabs her in the chest. But don't worry, it's all JK, just a nightmare. Jace has been having these really bad dreams that he can't get rid of, where he continues to unalive his girlfriend. Jace thinks about how his childhood was mid, and even though Vating girl boss too close to the sun and is, like, super dead, he's still bringing him down and making him think he's toxic AF. Jesus. 
Oh, that was amazing. That was How really old do you good. feel? I, I feel have a question. And young this, again. This is probably yeah. going to make me sound really old, and I'm willing to allow that. Second paragraph. The, the middle of the second sentence, you say, but also, how did you pronounce that word? Schweggy. Schweggy. Okay, so I thought that was pronounced chuggy. So did I. I don't know if I said it correct or not. Oh, <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I've been saying that really wrong. <laughs> yeah, I think it is chuggy. Oh, is it? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. To me, swaggy just made it sound better because it does. That kind it of does what it sound better. Well, it sounded more correct, so I was like uh-huh. a little bit worried. I was like, oh, yeah, no. that's, that's why I thought it was because it's it was like it sounded more. That's correct. how it looks. Yeah. yeah, but I don't know. I had no help with this. I had to do this on my own. That sounds. I like agree. It shouldn't be right. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. I had to do it on my own, so I just had to. Get my millennial toes wet and guess to see if I was making the right decisions. Well, I like it. So I think I think that we should, you know, maybe we should make shirts that say, that spell it and then like the pronunciation. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Like we're, we're reclaiming this word <laughs> and we're, we're giving you a new pronunciation. There, okay. Yeah. Like, like the dictionary. And then you can put the we can yeah. even make up our new description for it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We can we can post it on Urban Dictionary. There's, yes. There's yeah. this character. Okay. Anyway, doesn't matter. There's this character in a show that I watch. And uh, her last name is spelled Wallace, right? Okay. But they're like uh it's it's comedy and stuff, but they're like a ta- like Italian American kind of whatever. So she's like, it's pronounced Wallace. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's what that fun. reminded me of. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I um yeah, I love that. We're just gonna we're just gonna change the whole thing. Like Stephen Colbert. Like his name's Colbert. Uh, yes. <laughs> right? I you wouldn't you would not believe how many different ways people pronounce my last name just because it has a Y in it. Mm-hmm. It's insane. <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it. Anyway, <sighs> totally off topic, which is really on brand for us. So I'm yeah. just going to say that's a, a purposeful part of this. I mean, my favorite, I, I think I like the vampire drip best. Like if it was going to yeah. be something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. We need to like, what are some things? Send us some messages. What are some things that like you might like to see on a sticker or something like that? We're going to start small, all right, you guys? We're not going to do anything crazy. <laughs> don't ha- don't hold high expectations for Baby or steps. We'll, we also might talk about it for a couple months and then never actually do it, but... Yeah. That's the same I thing mean, as doing it, right? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, the biggest we, part is planning. We've done the hard part. I was just going to say, Amanda's favorite part is planning, so... It is. Oh, oh my gosh. Uh, all right, guys, let's get to it. So we open with a pensive Simon haunting the steps of the Brooklyn Public Library. He's like seeking out comfort after his confrontation with his mother, which leads him to a place full of good memories with his emotional support bestie, Clary. Um, but the veil, before the la- before the veil was lifted um, and they were shot in the face with a load of secret magical underworld, their lives were much simpler. An exciting day was checking out half a dozen books and then reading all day in the botanical garden. 
probably the only place in that city that doesn't stank of garbage in the summer. <laughs> right. Listen, I know it's a cultural hub. It's got all kinds of amazing things. That's great. It still smells. Um. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, Nashville in the morning, bro. New Orleans, the French Quarter in the morning when they're still like hosing off the, the streets. Yeah. Um, but Simon's immortal now. And currently, he has nowhere to go. Uh, he doesn't feel like he can reach out to Clary in this moment because of the shame that he's feeling about how he handled the situation with his mom and the whole, like, you're getting very sleepy. Um, <laughs> he can't go to the Institute, um, obviously, because he's a vampire and it's a church. Um, and we're once again reminded of Simon's theme for this book, like, figuring out where he belongs. He's like... I'm a totally, I'm, I'm no longer Simon Lewis. I'm something else. Like I've, my life is completely different and he doesn't know what he's going to do about think, it. Like how cool would it be to pick a vampire last name? Hell <laughs> like yeah. he's like, I'm no longer Simon, Simon, Simon Lewis. I'm Simon Nightshade. Absolutely. Yes. Or Absolutely. day. Cause he's a day walker or whatever. Mm-hmm. A white walker. What is he called? Daylighter. Day- Daylighter, yeah. <laughs> Daywalker sounds like a prostitute. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <sighs> no, Robin and I both married older men. So when our husbands kick the bucket, I say we just rename ourselves and become hag witches in the forest. <laughs> I mean, I agree with you, but like mine's only like two years older than me. Right? Yeah, mine's seven. Three years. So, mine's I mean, eight. yeah. I feel like I missed out here. <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding. You married too young. <laughs> right? Although, he could be like the um, groundskeeper, right? <laughs> right? He'll just, he'll just come along for the ride. He, he, to be honest, he does keep to himself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, all of them, you just give them a garage and, and let them That's go. That's true. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Really, it's about the changing of the name. So I could just have some weird gothic name. I want the elementary school kids to spread rumors about, like, the old lady that lives in the creepy house. Like, Oh, like they did, they did that about my grandma. That's, That's for real. No. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I remember going because we switched schools for a little bit. And um, they were like, oh, where do you live? And they're like, oh, my God, in the creepy, like, the haunted house. And I was Your like, grandma's what? house was creepy. I mean, it was creepy. And she had a mannequin in the window to, like, just complete the aesthetic. Yeah. And she'd, like, change its clothes and stuff. So it looked like it was always when there's ivy growing up all over it and stuff. Oh so I, I get it. That's but, so funny. Yeah. So I, I could feel it. But it was also, like, really cool. Because it had, like, that roof situation. Mm-hmm. Lots of places to hide. <laughs> the roof? It had a roof. No, it there was, was really a picnic cool. table on it. Oh it, was, it was like a roof yeah. deck. It was like a flat roof deck kind of a situation. That is cool. Don't do that. PSA. I was, it leaked yeah. everywhere. Yeah, it was a bad idea. It was a flat awful. fucking roof. <laughs> In yeah. Oregon. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. Um, Where were we? Oh, yes. Um, 
So he can't go to the Institute. He's trying to figure out where he belongs. Sidebar. It's pretty common in the fandom to kind of look at TMI as like two separate trilogies. And I think Cassie has even said something to this effect. Um, But I I really do see them like kind of very different. Because it feels like the first, that was a complete story, right? And then now, like the biggest change is that like we've got this upgrade of Simon from a secondary character to a, a primary point of view. Um... And in my opinion, um, carries much of like the second half of the trilogy because Clary and Jace get like kind of stagnant and a Mm. little boring, a little repetitive. Yes. Um, My hot take is that the nature of Simon's circumstance and subsequent conflicts due to his like transformation and all of that um, from the beginning of the series, like that. all that happened in such a short time and then like the second you know this trilogy or whatever is him dealing with that right like that was his um uh call to action or whatever like like his his Mm -hmm. moment of change and now he's on this journey um but like that i feel like is what what am i saying what did i say hold on um, Remember your thought. From the beginning of the series makes his story going forward from that point much more interesting and thought-provoking than Clary or Jace's entire six-book arc, in my opinion. I just, I feel like there's just more meat there. It's more I, of him yeah. contemplating and figuring out and very, like, philosophical questions about, like, his religion and, like, what that means, that he's undead and does he have a soul. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just the stakes are so much higher that it, lends to just a much more interesting story being told whereas clary yeah everything changed but like she found out her mom is also part of this magical world and then her new Uh boyfriend is so she like kind of just was like oh this has always been me i just didn't and simon's like no 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 no. i was fucking normal (laughs) well yeah and then and now he has a new face tattoo so there's that too too, you know yeah i really limits things yeah Obviously, stop me if I'm spoiling, but I don't think mm-hmm. so. When I thought, when we talked about doing this podcast, and I was like, oh my God, I'll get to reread whatever, because I've reread the first part of TMI multiple times, because it's just easy to pick it up, right? right? And then we got to the second half, and I was trying to think about what I was so excited to reread again. I remember, like, the BBG, right, mm-hmm. in this series. I know who that is. But I was more, all the stuff I was looking forward to were more Simon's plotline than anything else. And I don't really remember any of the intricate details about the other plotlines because this was the one that was like the most chef's kiss. It does kind of feel like Simon's story was much more like obvious and like, oh, this is what we're going to do. And then Jason Clary's is like, oh, well, we've got to stretch a book's worth of stuff into three books. Like we got to we're we're we gotta run long baby stretch it out yeah (laughs) they gotta be in it too yeah well and i don't think honestly going maybe because when it was released like this book came out correct me if i'm wrong but the first three tmis were out and then the first infernal devices was out and then this book came out i believe so yes and so it wasn't like this hugely popular like fandom like it is now not that people didn't like it okay but i feel like if we would have if this was rewritten it could have been rewritten as like simon's main character moment and 
Jason Clary could have been in the background and I don't think anybody mm-hmm. would have cared. Well, I also think that it would have been it would have made for a more interesting like storyline if they instead of doing red scrolls, if these three books were Simon and maybe Alec and Clary. You know, so you okay. still get like the rest of Clary and Jace's story, but they they don't right. have to hold up the whole rest of the series, right? Mhm. Yeah. It'd be cool to see Alec as like yeah, one book is Simon stuff, one book is Alec is the main character, and then the last book, Clary or whatever. Right. Kind of how they're doing that would be cool. with the chain of the last hour series. Where we're kind of seeing like everybody's still got POVs in all the books, but like there's a like a primary kind of and uh, protagonist of the book. I like that. Mm-hmm. Mm. I finished Chain of Iron and I'm very sad. Oh. Well, the new book comes out in, like, less than a week, right? I know. I just or feel. <laughs> she binged. Uh-huh. I love it. <sighs> so <great>. into it. <sighs> okay, back to the story. So the only person Simon can think to call is none other than the hottest 70-year-old that still looks 14, Rafael Santiago. I would really appreciate it if you stopped talking about him being 14. I cannot. My mind doesn't like and it. And 70. <laughs> yeah. 70's better than 14. It's, it's, it's a real mind fuck. <laughs> yeah, it is. We were just talking, I was talking about that last night with my daughter, Cassie, because there's, I'm sure you guys have seen it on the internet. There's a woman that has like a genetic something yes. that causes her to look like a child like a yes. young eight nine-year-old child and she's dating a grown man because she's a grown woman and she yeah. can do that but is it is it weird well i i saw an interview with her and she's like that's always she's like i have to be so careful because that's always the question in the back of my mind mm-hmm. and like i have to get to know someone really well to like you know feel like if is this gonna be okay or not imagine yeah. how scary that is that's mm-hmm. the, she has that TLC show, right? She had like a brain tumor. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is that what and it is? I think okay. it's from the chemotherapy or something that she did. That would make sense. Watching clips. I have not actually right. watched the show, <laughs> disclaimer. Well, and I just assumed it was a genetics thing. So that makes more sense. But yeah, Interesting. I mean, I would, that would be awful to have to like mm-hmm. do the, you know, Oh, God. Do the weeding through well, all the creeps. Awful for the guy that does fall for you. Like, let's say you fell in love online or something, mm-hmm. you know, and so he knew your personality first. You went on. Which w- what's s- that show where they can't see the people, the dating show? Oh, Love is Blind. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Anyway, that's what <sighs> that makes me think of. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you <laughs> you would kind of want to, like, get to know someone before just to like make sure but then how weird yeah, well, is that you're like ah, yes this is it's kind of like you were saying how you don't like it when you know really like magnus and alec yeah we love their relationship obviously but is it creepy because alec's only 19 and magnus is between four and 800 right <laughs> i it's one of those things it's one of those things in books that like i have like trained myself to ignore so it doesn't bother me yeah, but if i think too hard about it 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 weirds me out <laughs> it's an ick yeah right that's what they say now yeah well more than anything it's just a this makes zero sense <laughs> like i'm 30 I, i've made this argument before i'm 35 i don't want to marry a a 17 year old I that's sounds literally like 
my worst nightmare. I could only imagine how horrible that would sound to someone that's 500 years old. I know. I know. That's great. I mean, maybe that's why we get so much background about how Alec is basically a grumpy old man. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it, it does, his personality does is much more. I mean, he has moments that he's very immature, but. Of, of course. course he does. I still do. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, yeah, he's like oldest child. Like he's got that responsibility edge that kind of softens the whole you're 18 years old thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh, okay. okay. So naturally, the dramatic he makes a dramatic entrance riding his demon motorcycle up the steps of the library. Like some BDE for you, isn't it? Right. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, so I'm going to read you just how this introduction starts. You wanted to see me daylighter, Raphael? An ele- er, fuck. You wanted to see me daylighter? Raphael, as elegant as always, in a black jacket and expensive-looking jeans, dismounted and leaned his motorcycle against the library railing. This had better be good, he added. It's not for nothing that I come all the way to Brooklyn. Raphael Santiago does not belong in an outer borough. (laughs) Oh, good, you're starting to talk about yourself in the third person. That's not a sign of impending megalomania or anything. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) <laughs> I love how if Raphael were gay, I feel like Raphael and Alec would be the perfect pair. Uh, I don't know. You, gr- you got to have a hype man when you got a negative Nancy. That's fair. Maybe they'd just be best friends if Raphael yeah. wasn't such yeah. a little turd. <laughs> they would just get together for like Sunday coffee and just bitch about their week. Or sit in silence and glare at people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like the old guys who like play cards and <laughs> so great. Yeah. Just people oh. watching. So Raphael has no time for Simon shenanigans. In fact, the daylighter better start talking because the clock is a ticking. Simon admits that his mo- he told his mama he's a vamp and it like really didn't go over well. And Raphael's like, and then <laughs> Simon's like, ah, yeah, well, I kind of looked deep into her eyes and gaslit the ever-loving fuck out of her. <laughs> Dude. Yep. And, uh, Raphael's like, uh, and it worked, didn't it? Yeah, that's our nifty little bloodsucker trick, uh, which you would know about if you had joined the motherfucking clan, okay? I forgot that that was a thing. So I heard it and I was like, oh, that's freaking cool. Yeah. And I put my hands on my hips. He's like, Just if like you would have, like, I don't know, acted like we weren't beneath your feet, then maybe, maybe you would know these things. Yeah. Which makes me wonder, what else has he not told Simon? Yeah. <laughs> Simon's like, uh, you totally tried to kill me. Like, it wasn't really a choice that I was like, oh, I don't want to hang out with you vampires. Like, you were going to kill me. And so... <laughs> There's been, like, a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. (laughs) But Raphael instantly brushes it off. It it was politics. No hard feelings. Come on. And by the way, this can't be the reason you called me. Hello. (laughs) Like, (laughs) forget about it. So 
Simon's like, no. Uh, but with the whole, like, getting kicked out thing, I was hoping maybe I could come crash at your dilapidated lair. Like, is that still cool? <laughs> and Raphael's interest is piqued. Sure, Simon can come and stay at the hotel as long as he calls him daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he actually says, like, sire, master, like, chosen one or, or whatever. But I like daddy better. Daddy, um, absolutely. Luckily, Simon is quick on his feet and deflects. Like, uh, I was just wondering. Uh, you said that your role was temporary and Camille would come back. So when she does come back, like, isn't she the supreme leader or whatever? Cause he's like, he's like, what about Camille? And Ravel's like, excuse me? How do you know about Camille? Like, and he's like, oh, oh. Um, so Raphael is fully offended. Simon was reject, like, uh, he rejected the vamp lifestyle since like day one and bucked every precedent. And he's not going to allow Simon to just waltz into the Hotel Dumont and freeload. Like, no, you don't get to like, not want to be a vampire and not want to accept how we do things and be a part of our community and then just like when it's convenient for you pop in and we take care of you like that's fucked up yeah this isn't a real hotel which spoiler alert. if Raphael wasn't <laughs> such a dick like all of the time I would totally agree with but like you're also not helping things <laughs> yes doesn't seem like you really want him to be a part of your community anyways. I don't blame him. (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to read a little point from this. The Dumont is not a halfway house for reluctant vampires, Raphael went on. You live among humans. You walk in daylight. You play in your stupid band. Yes, don't think I don't know about that. In every way, you do not accept what you really are. And as long as that is true, you are not welcome at the Dumont. Simon thought of Camille saying, the moment his followers see that you are with me, they will leave him and come to me. I believe they are loyal to me beneath their fear of him. Once they see us together, that fear will be gone and they will come to our side. You know, he said, I've had other offers. So it's interesting because Raphael's like, I'm sorry, from who? Because Raphael exactly. has been playing this game a lot fucking Idiot. longer than Simon. Like, come on. He's literally uh-huh. 70 years old. He was born in 1937. I looked it up. Um, okay. <laughs> <clears throat> so Simon starts backpedaling because he's already mentioned Camille. And now he said this. This is not going well for him. Uh, and Raphael, like, definitely notices which only bolsters his suspicions, but, like, he's smart enough not to say anything right away. He's like, I'm going to gather more information. Of course. So the undead tween greaser leaves Simon with a warning <laughs> not to play games and waste his time before taking off. So that's kind of where he leaves him. We're skipping over to Clary's point of view, where she's doing what Clary does best, obsessively sketching her sleeping bro friend. Um, but she's frustrated. <laughs> Because she can't seem to capture his angelic essence. Oh my god. Make it stop. Make what stop? Just the whole... That whole thing. Uh-huh. Her bro friend? Uh, draw, I can't seem to capture your beauty in oh, the paper. Oh, yeah, it's too much. It's too much. She's like, 
I worked on the shading on your upper lip for like four hours. (laughs) (laughs) Still couldn't get it right. So they planned to have a picnic and train in Central Park, but Jace wasn't particularly hungry um, and ended up falling asleep. And so, of course, she's like, I have to sketch you. Um, This allowed Clary to stare at the strip of skin peeking between his shirt and pants, um, probably for longer than that is healthy. Um, There's a good half a page about how Jace looks, and we all get it. Like, he's super duper hot. I don't care. Um, yeah. Out of nowhere, Jace's dreams seemed to turn, and he got real restless real fast. Um, he wakes with a start and just plants one on Clary, like, whoa. Of course, Jace has been distant <laughs> since the war, naturally, which has led to Clary being somewhat insecure in their relationship. So this sudden display of affection is a surprise, but certainly not unwelcome for her. But then Jace kind of comes out of it and almost like is embarrassed like didn't realize what he was doing um (laughs) okay he was sleep kissing (laughs) yeah so clary says as much and like he gets all shy um and they do that cute like movie thing where she asks him what he was dreaming about and he answers the only dreams of her and she says but it was a nightmare and he says my only nightmare is my life without you um (laughs) <laughs> Clary's jelly that Jace is so well-spoken, but honestly, he's a Herondale, so, like, that's just how they are. Facts. Um, I have one more excerpt from the book. Everything you say, the words you choose, they're so perfect. You always find the right quote or the right thing to say to make me believe you love me. If I can't convince you that I'll never leave you. He caught her hand in his. Just say it again. I'll never leave you, she said. No matter what happens, what I do... I'd never give up on you, she said. Never. What I feel about you, she stumbled over the words. It's the most important thing I've ever felt. Oh, my God. Um, for the kids in the back, uh, this is a red flag. <laughs> <laughs> okay, not a great sign for things to come. <laughs> Leave immediately. <laughs> do not pass go. Do not yep. collect $200. Yep. Get the fuck out. (laughs) (sighs) So Jace channels his ancestors, namely Will, and quotes Dante at the woman he loves in Italian. Uh, Even though she doesn't speak Italian. Uh, This may seem romantic, uh, but they were in the middle of a conversation, and I feel like that's just pretentious. (laughs) You you just took me out of the moment. You You just wanted to show off. Right. I'm Maybe it'd be different it. if she spoke Italian, so yeah. she understood. Yeah. Well, also, time in a place, right? We're in the middle of a conversation. Like, if you want to talk in another language in other, at other times, sure. <laughs> but, like, when we're having a conversation, don't just, like, throw, like, really? Come on. <laughs> Maybe it's just me. Well, it's reminding me of how I was getting irritated when we were reading the Infernal Devices and Will's like, oh, I'm just so bad with words. No, you're not. And shut your fucking mouth when you talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Herondale's gonna Herondale. Don't you dare. Damn straight. Yep. <laughs> so speaking of Herondale's, he goes on to translate the quote, love is the most powerful force in the world that love, love can do anything. 
And I beg to differ, Mr. Herondale. According to physicists, the strong nuclear force is the strongest force in the universe. So... <laughs> and I did look it up. There are four fundamental forces. Okay. There's gravity, the weakest nuclear force, uh, uh, electromagnetic, and uh, the strong nuclear force. Uh, so also the strong nuclear force, also called the strong nuclear interaction, is the strongest of the four fun fundamental forces of nature. It's 6,000 trillion trillion trillion, that's 39 zeros after six, times stronger than the force of gravity. You're welcome. Damn. <laughs> you mean love wasn't on that list? No. Listen, That's I get crazy. it. I, I understand. Love is powerful. Love makes you do crazy things. Love can give you the will to go on. But like, let the hyper the hyperbole is just it. It's intense. Let's calm the fuck down. We're being dramatic. Mm -hmm. Okay, listen. Yes. I don't like it when people sing happy birthday to me, because then everybody's looking at you and it's awkward, yeah. and then mm -hmm. you don't Why know what to like say. That? Who would want to look at each other and have this cringy fucking conversation? <laughs> what do you say back to that? What do yeah. you do? What do you say back to that? I don't know. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. You just heart it. <laughs> <laughs> you can send a you gift if you're texting. You leave it on for six hours and then you heart yes. it. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, well, it doesn't get any better just yet. Okay, so Clary, what she chooses to do is give him this, like, weird lip touch non-kiss. I don't know. It was very ew. And she tries to convince him to go back to his place to take a nap, you know, because he's obviously tired. Mm -hmm. That's all. Take a nap. It's been a while since they've slept in the same bed. And then she, like, remembers that awkward night when they laid together at Amatus's house and, like, just touched their fingers. The night that they still thought they were blood-related fully. Yeah, but they uh -huh. had to sleep in the same bed for yeah. at least one night. That is weird. That is weird. Wanting, well, I don't know. Anyway, that's think, another book, obviously. I think Jace was like, I'm gonna die. Okay. I mean, it was right before the war. They were like, we're... We're going to die. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Although, at the same time, I'm like, if you're going to die, then... Who cares if it's your sister? Exactly. <laughs> Channel your inner Cersei. Okay, right, right, yeah. Be the Lannister that you want to be. <laughs> Choose your Lannister wisely. <laughs> Okay, so um, although he is into it, Jace declines the offer of nap time because he's a big boy. And I know not a baby. <laughs> That's what Robin's daughter used to say. I'm no, anyway, not a baby anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Duh. So he lets her down easily. The responsible one in this relationship. They can't just go have sexual relations. <laughs> nor can they continue to neck all the time. Because they're supposed to be training. Okay. Mm -hmm. Someone's going to notice that she's not this amazing fighter soon. If they don't actually get down to business. To do people. Not her business. Sorry. Can't. Can't hear you that phrase. That. Yeah. Okay. So... Clary asks, um, like, she's basically like, all right, fine. No, no diggity. So um, <laughs> she's going to back it up. Yeah. 
<laughs> she asks about the new institute trainer, and Jace makes a crack about her getting used to making out with her trainers. Like, besides, we can't keep making out because then you'll just get used to making out with trainers, and you'll just like make out with your new one. And she's like, "Hey, what if it's a woman?" And he's like, "Okay, that's allowed." But red flag number two. <laughs> Annoying. Not into this. So she's like, "Oh, whatever." I literally wrote, oh, bother. Like she's Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> that's how I felt about it. <laughs> and um, she's like, you're just worried that he might be better looking than you. And he can't believe his <laughs> motherfucking ears. He is the best and he will always be the best. So anyway, finally they start getting down to it and they work on training. And although right away Clary can still feel like something's up with him, um, she internally kind of wishes that she could create a rune to make him tell her. And, of course, she never would. But a girl can dream. And it makes me wonder if, like, Shadowhunter couples, like, threaten each other with a mortal sword all the time. Like, you'd have a disagreement about what time you were supposed to meet at a restaurant or the movies. And I guess in my head this was before cell phones. And so you could just be like, mortal sword! <laughs> mortal sword! <laughs> Obviously, it's not that accessible, but still, that's that's what I would do. (laughs) Anyway, Jace had heard a rumor that the new trainer is super into Muay Thai, and so he decides to kind of train her in this style in the park right now um, to give her, like, an advantage with this person. And by advantage, I mean, like, not as much of a disadvantage, basically, Mm because she's obviously really behind for a shadow hunter her age. And anyway, they're finally getting into it. But as soon as they get started, they're interrupted by the Sealy Queen. And she is like, oh, already fighting? It's only been six weeks. And I'm like, bitch, do you keep a planner with other people's important information and dates in there? That is very specific. Six weeks. Because it is obviously correct. So it is very weird. Like, it's only been a couple months. A few weeks, something like that. Very specifically six weeks. Ew. And does she say six weeks from, like, what specific point? Yeah. yeah, And how does she know about when they started their relationship? Are we six weeks post-war? Well, I think in the last chapter-ish, Clary had said something about it being six weeks or something. Like, she was Hmm. surprised she still had those feelings like butterflies after it's only been six weeks so i don't know has it only been six weeks since the war and they actually started dating i guess so so i guess maybe the queen is referring to six weeks since the war anyway i didn't like it it was too specific but also like even if we're talking about from point a to the war what was that like a month yeah yeah. that's fair yeah it's barely been two months yeah total So she tells them that there's been another body found in the park. And first of all, I think it's weird that the queen decided to come tell them this information, but that's not really ever mentioned. So I guess I'll let it go. Um, Her people found this body in the park and examined it and determined that it's a shadow hunter. So Jace like kind of rudely asks where the body is now. And she's like, "Um, are you questioning my intentions right now? Are you going to look at me and tell me that I'm wrong? Just kidding. <laughs> She's like, one of my homies is in on your, like, has a seat on your council now. Remember, we're on the same team. You can trust me. Nobody wants to trust a fairy. So, yeah. <laughs> 
So he walks away to call Maris, which gives Clary and the queen plenty of alone time. And Clary doesn't, they're just like standing there, it sounds like. So Clary tries to make small talk by like, so Meliorn's on the council now, but you're happy about that. <laughs> and queen bitch is like, yeah, yeah, it's it's super cool. Yes, thank you. <laughs> And um, Clary acts like this woman is just a normal human. Like, it's crazy the way she's talking to her. And she's like, cool. So, like, no hard feelings then? And the queen clarifies that she's referring to the deal she had made Clary. And I know this happened, but I can't remember what the deal was. Can you guys remind me? The one she had offered. Basically, she wanted Clary to help get Meliorn to be the Mm -hmm. fairy representative. And then um, she would, the Seelie Queen would owe her a favor Mm -hmm. that she could call in when she wanted and Claire okay. was like, yeah, no. Right. You're sneaky. Don't like it. Uh-huh. So that makes sense because the queen is like, well, I still got what I needed from the deal. The only person that missed out was you. Like, you didn't get your end of the deal. So mm-hmm. bummer for you. And she's like, yeah, <laughs> but I didn't want your deal. Yeah. And so the queen just changes the subject. Um, she looks over at Jace and she's like, ooh, I know he's so beautiful and um, you obviously love him. And she's just, everything with her just makes me feel icky because I know it's always like something else going on. Mm-hmm. So anyway, she asks Clary if she's ever wondered about what draws Jace to her. And I just want to be like, yes, of course she has. She's a millennial. She's thought about it for a long time. Absolutely. Every night before she goes to bed. Yeah, exactly. Yes. You don't know. But also, what a bitch move for the queen. Like, yeah, I feel like you're a fairy. You, that's a low, like, that's just, it's low hanging fruit. Uh I agree. She's just mad because she didn't take her deal, I guess. But you would think that happens all the time. Right. I know. I Work harder. Make it more interesting for us. If you're going to be evil and conniving and be like, oh, fairies can't lie, but we bend the truth, then do something that's not just like poking holes at a teenage girl's insecurities. Like, dear God, anyone can do that. Uh Yeah. There has to be more than her just being T.O.'d that Clary didn't take her deal. Uh There absolutely has to be more than that. Well, there has to be a reason that the queen came instead of just any any other fairy to tell mm-hmm. them i agree yeah um oh it didn't my part didn't start cohesively because i didn't write everything and it was in the oh. middle of a thought so she literally says like have you thought about why jace loves you and clary keeps the question rhetorical and doesn't answer the queen but the queen however doesn't require a response to twist the knife that ha- like she has like dug in Clary's heart, right? Mm-hmm. So she's like, I can't even imagine. Like, in- okay, sorry. I am dumb. I can't imagine. Like, I won't send food back if it's made wrong. I order something with no cucumbers and there's cucumbers on it. I'm going to take the cucumbers off. Or I'm just going to fucking eat the cucumbers. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, I cannot imagine being this confrontational with anybody like yes it's like you said it's icky gives me the notes Mm -hmm. and the seely queen continues her conversation like doesn't need a response from clary she just is like and she does like a blood calls to blood high fantasy checklist answer to her own question blood calls to blood um and so she's basically saying their mutual angel blood is seeking each other out, but it doesn't mean that he actually loves her. 
Just so you know. Awful. Clary twitches her hand, and she longs to try some Wex Quando on her, uh, but she knows that it's a dumb idea, so she skips it. Yeah, she's and like, forget about it. Listen, I didn't, my son does that when he's mad. He, like, makes mm-hmm. cl- like claws at his fist, and I'm like, dude, calm down. And then um, I started becoming hyper aware that I do that every time I'm mad, which is probably where he got it from even if it's not like he doesn't see me doing it it's just hereditary so this is something that would have really bugged me reading it like nobody does that but I do do. my (laughs) My husband did it as a kid too yeah Mm -hmm. claw hands I still do it now as an adult I don't dig my fingernails into my skin so I bleed but I will do claw hands well that's good (laughs) right like are they still I now I'm curious now you've got me I'm like trying to think but I don't remember seeing you but like do you do it like down by your what Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, okay. Like, because like I so nobody like going like oh like that like uh-huh. in your face. Like, I've done that, but I don't. No. I don't think I've no. Ever this done is just one. by the side, and he just like this. Like the the yeah. The, he's getting um, that from you. The Arthur fist. Oh, but you can't squeeze it all the way together. Right, it's just but, literally claw hands. But like, a, like <laughs> I'm getting ready. <laughs> I know you're oh. teaching her. Well, it's like it's almost okay. This is this is gonna sound very. That thing? Neurodivergent, if you will. Uh-huh. Okay. I like it. It's it's the the pressure from the second knuckle that makes me like my head go, okay, stop. Oh, okay. So it's gotta be it's oh it's the first this one. The first knuckle. I, oh. I lied to you. Uh-huh. This knuckle here. So it's like when you do that and then it kind of springs back. It's like, okay, calm down. Cause like this, just closing, right? Yeah. This is normal. So you gotta. You want to engage your first knuckle, like like when uh-huh. like people used to do. Like I can't. I can only do it with these two fingers. But where you just like you ha- like. Yeah, we just are, the pads. We are not on video. Of your fingers. This is ridiculous. Yeah. We are not on yeah. video. That's why I said just the pads of your fingers yeah. go down, and it's weird. your first like the knuckle. Okay, here, and I you could be going weird. It's the knuckle under your finger now. That's mm-hmm. what I mean when I say first knuckle. Yeah. Oh yeah. I so guess it's you could that be going from the other way. Uh, exactly. That's why I said second knuckle, but I was like, people usually don't count that way. So it's that when that gets engaged, my brain goes, okay, calm down. And it's mm-hmm. literally, I have to get to that point. Okay. That was way tangent but. <laughs> I like it. That's interesting. This, again, that writing is something that would have been like, did not, but you mm-hmm. do. And I did never realized mm-hmm. I was doing it until I was paying attention to this guy. So there's that. Anyway. Clary knows it's a dumb idea to, like, punch the Sealy Queen in the face or <laughs> Maga her or whatever. She's learning, guys. She's learning. Yeah. I know that's a bad She's idea. getting better. <laughs> but she does quip back, um, calling her out, saying, like, you only talk in riddles. Like, do you ever mean anything when you talk like that? Like, your lips are just I moving. Mean... Damn. Uh-huh. And the queen continues goading her by saying, like, Jace may love you, but does he desire you? Because, you know, those are two separate subjects. And Clary is like, damn, M-Y-O-B. <laughs> Got out of here. Um, but the Sealy Queen, like, digs on. Um, and she's doing a really good job at poking the bear for teenage relationships, which we kind of already talked about. So mm-hmm. I won't go into that anymore. And so she says quotes my goats 
He could have anything or anyone he pleases. Do you wonder why he chose you? Do you wonder if he regrets it? Has he changed towards you? Clary felt tears sting the back of her eyes. No, he hasn't. But she thought of his face in the elevator that night and the way he had told her to go home when she'd offered to stay. Bruh, stop. Stop. And so she ends by saying that, like, Clary didn't want to take the deal with her because in her eyes, she had nothing that the queen could give to her. But how would she feel if um, she didn't have Jace anymore? Would she feel like I couldn't give you anything? Mm-hmm. And Clary starts to cry and the queen tells her to wipe her tears because Jace is coming. And Clary listens to her, but a thousand percent. No, I would not have. I'd be like, look what this bitch said to me. She made me cry. Yeah. <laughs> She's rude. <laughs> I've done that before at work. My husband and I used to work together and we had a crazy female boss and she made me cry all the time. And so I'd be like, look what she did to me. (laughs) I'm telling mom. (sighs) Telling husband. Okay. Anyway, um, Jace tells the crowd. No, I'm fucking stupid. Jace tells Clary Maris is on her way to court and she's like, where's the Sealy Queen? Because she homered into the hedges. Like that <laughs> gif we like to talk about so much. Mm-hmm. And then that's that's the end of Clace for this chapter, this moment. Oh. ATM, if you will. I got really <laughs> excited there for just a split second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm kidding. I like Jason Clary. I'm, I I do. But I they're uh-huh. way more fun to make fun of. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's fair. So we're back in Simon's Pov, and we find out, um, like, after he'd left his mom, after all of that stuff, he is in Eric's garage. That's where he decided to go after talking to Raphael. And we pick up on him on the phone with Clary, and their conversation is long, but it gets us a few nuggets of information, so I'm just going to list them for you instead of saying he said, and then she said, and then he said, and then she said, because that's annoying. Yes. So Eric or his family don't know that Simon is squatting in the garage. They have no idea. Clary offers... That's what he's doing, right? Yeah. Uh, Clary offers Luke's couch, um, which, again, reminds him of all the cool stuff that they used to do there growing up, which makes him, like, happy, sad. Happy slash sad. Like, he's in that TV show Inside Out, and he has two colors Mm -hmm. on his Mm -hmm. thoughts now. Ball. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Clary says that Jocelyn could talk to Simon's mom and see if she could help her, like, understand and come to terms with the vampy business. But, like. Okay. This. I am furious. Look, listen, we all know I've got beef with Jocelyn. Okay. It's it's from day one. Okay. Mm -hmm. From jump. From the jump. Okay. So Simon has been best friends with Clary since kindergarten. Literally spent the night at each other's houses, spent summers together, did everything together since Mm -hmm. they were little kids. Jocelyn has known this kid nearly his entire fucking life. In any other situation, Simon would be just as much of a child to Jocelyn. Yes. And and Luke, for that matter, because Luke was also involved. Mm Mm-hmm. As, as his own parents, especially given the fact that Simon lost his father. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay? Like, you can't tell me that if your kid, I mean, especially, like, me growing up, like, 
come on. And then, so this kid who was a mundane, you've known about this secret thing. You, you know, you've been this angel fucking shadow hunter for forever and you were living in hiding. I get it. Whatever. Everything comes out. And this kid that you've known his entire life, who was not a part of anything, he was innocent and he gets turned into a fucking vampire. And the man you're about to marry also got turned into a werewolf, which, and went through a transition very similar. How the fuck are Jocelyn and Luke not at the forefront of making sure Simon is okay, well-adjusted, being there when he tells his parents so they can explain things? What the fuck? This is a child. He is a child. Mm-hmm. He is an underage child. And you're just like, figure it out. I'm busy planning my wedding. They're not even talking about it. Yeah. What? Like, I just, I can't. It's it's so unrealistic. And I get that it's YA and, like, we don't really interact with parents all that much in YA. But this, come on. Mm-hmm. Especially the thing with Luke. Because it's, like, didn't Luke come when Clary was, like, three? So he's basically known both of them the entire time? Yeah. And I'm sure he can feel, like you said. I just That's, like, Jocelyn not talking to Jace either. Yes. Yes. What do you... Are they, are they shitty, like shitty adults? They're boomer parents. Oh, Is that yeah. what's happening? <laughs> They're Gen X, but yeah. I mean, what the older Gen X is like that? That transition didn't happen as yeah, well. My mom mm-hmm. was a Gen X too. Same thing. Yeah. Uh huh. Crazy, dude. That's what um, when my kids get in trouble and I have a Gen X slash boomer moment. And I try to remember to tell them, like, the part of getting in trouble, we've talked about it, we flipped out, sorry, it was loud, whatever. We make the change and then we move on. You're not any less love. You're not going to be in trouble for the rest of this. Like, the cycle, we did the stuff out of the way, let's make a change and let's move on. Because I remember Mm -hmm. feeling like shit Mm -hmm. for, like, days, weeks. yeah. Because I don't even want to talk to you. Get out of here. Don't look at me. I'm so mad at you. I can't look at your face. That's And I was just like... Never do that. So I've just, we've done the, we've done the done. Now let's move on. Breaking generational trauma. Being better. (laughs) Dance. The dance. Okay. I was going to say that got real, but it usually always does. So. Always. Agree with Kristen a thousand million percent. And um, Simon declines both offers. He's like, no, I don't want your mom to talk to my mom and I don't want to sleep on your couch. Um, And he tells Clary that pretty sure deep down um, his mom knows that he's a vampire. He knows he's undead. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like he keeps, you know, messing with her memory for it. But like the underlying still stuff is still staying in there. And Clary urges Simon's to Simon, sorry, not Simon's to fix things. Otherwise, like you're never going to be able to go home if you keep lying to her. And he tells Clary that not coming home is all part of the curse coming to fruition. And I have to read this, too, because, Uh ouch. You think I should tell her about that, too, he said? How you put the mark of Cain on me? How I'm basically a walking curse? You think she's going to want that in her house? (sighs) 
I think there's there's a little bit of uh, resentment uh, that we're not addressing yeah. there, buddy. right? Which he should address it, mm-hmm. but anyway, he um, knew that he was in a bad mood and he needed a Snickers. He was like, "Calm he was down, Betty White." Yep, he was. He was like, "I." Um, he apologizes. Told her he needed some space from humans and like preach, and he's just gonna crash. Until, like, when Eric gets home, he'll just crash in the garage or whatever. And Clary takes that opportunity to just be like, oh, Eric's not a human. Ha, ha, ha. Keep it light. Let's move on. Mm-hmm. Um, and she reminds him, like, oh, it's cool. I'll see you tomorrow. Um, you're going to a dress fitting with me the next day. And they're like, say their love you buys. And Simon's like, oh, it's so much easier to say when I'm not actually in love with her. Like, he talks about how much he had, like, not, oh, I don't want to actually tell her or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, I just, I know they're teenagers, all this other stuff, but like, it, that seems very, it's all about me. What does? Oh, the, you're going to go to a, a dress fitting with me while you're going, oh, yeah. while you're homeless? Absolutely. You're, 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 your mother just kicked you out. You're living in a garage with holes in the ceiling, but you're going to come to a dress fitting with me for no reason. Right. Because she doesn't want to feel too girly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, well, I mean, it's that's Clary. Hopefully, in her head, she thinks it's a good distraction for him. Probably. I mean, I mean, yeah. Just the way Clary's character is written, that would make sense that that would be her train of thought. But her, it, it doesn't make it less dumb. <laughs> yeah. Well, and if it's even, like, don't forget we have that dress fitting tomorrow, and then afterwards, like, I'll take you, you know, out to your favorite bookstore or mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. And we can totally yeah. just dish on all this stuff and, like, make right. a plan. Think about it tonight. We'll we'll talk about it more tomorrow once you've had yeah. a night, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, I guess it's a book and we can't yeah. have a million pages, although I would read them. And so they hang up the phone. Simon starts to go down the rabbit hole about what would have happened if Clary had never met Jace or found out that she was a shadow hunter, but he resolved himself to just keep going forward. He doesn't want to end up like Cher, pining, if he could turn back time. (laughs) And, I mean, the now wasn't looking too great. Eric's garage is loud and stinky, Mm -hmm. like gasoline, not like B.O., which is kind of surprising. Um, and I also find it weird that they don't have a garage couch, by the way. I agree. The band practices in there and stuff. You don't have a garage couch. Clary was just sitting on the floor watching them. Yeah. Or they have a folding chair, maybe. I don't know. I don't even have a band and I have a garage couch. Every, Mm -hmm. yeah, everyone. Come on. Especially if you're, you've got, you do have to have somewhere where your bitches can sit. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) At least a bean bag. (laughs) Exactly, a beanbag. So Simon's on the floor because there's no garage couch. And he also only has a small blood supply as he couldn't risk, like, and, sorry, he can't risk staying in the house. Because Eric's mom might call Simon's mom. And since, you know, as Kristen stole my thunder or fishing from the same pond, we had the, you are getting sleepy, literally wrote that. I love it. (laughs) He, like, you are getting sleepied her into believing he was on a school trip. And, like, that would be bad news bears. Don't do that. And 
uh, all the upheaval is making him realize that his plans of blending back into his pre-vampire life were like a delusion. Mm-hmm. Camille's words start echoing in his head about staying forever young. And her offer seemed all the more enticing. She And she's going to be ready to collect her answer soon. And any sense of community seems better than nothing. Like mm-hmm. being alone in this garage in the cold, not belonging anywhere. Sad. Um, so he stopped from a full spiral by the garage door opening and Kyle coming in. He apparently left his keys after practice and he's coming to get them. And I think it's weird that he doesn't remember Simon's name, but he somehow yeah. already has a key to the garage that he didn't lose with his other set of keys. Maybe Simon left it unlocked. Would he, though? Like, if he's sleeping in there, know. he's trying to go night-night. You'd think you'd want to lock it. Right. Interesting. I mean... It's true. Yeah. I think that um, what you said makes more sense than me being, like, investigation discovery. Like, it probably <laughs> was just unlocked, but I'm like, hmm. Um... The dudes get to talking, and Simon tells him that he was kicked out of his house, which is kind of a lie, but, like, whatever. Mm-hmm. So he's crashing in the garage until he figures something out. And um, <laughs> Kyle tries to, like, be like, oh, yeah, your parents found your weed stash. Oh, yeah. And, like, he keeps, like, very teenage things. And Simon's like, yep. ah, no. No. Like, he can partially lie, but not tell the full lie. <laughs> <laughs> like... I, obviously, I just think, anyway, like, you couldn't just be like, yeah, totally, that's what happened. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yep, you they got it, my weed man. stash. You Let's move it. on. Yeah, he just can't. And um, Kyle tells him, you know, he's been on his own for a few years, and he's estranged from his parents, so he totally gets it. Same. Well, yeah, okay. So, because Kyle, have we heard, has Kyle expressed his age specifically yet? Uh-uh. I don't think okay, so. We've just so. been but, described. I, I mean, I get the impression that Kyle's like that 21-year-old dude that hangs out with high schoolers, <laughs> right? Okay. You know who right. I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, especially because we find out he has his own apartment. He's got uh-huh. his own apartment. He's got his license. He's got a truck, whatever. Like, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, there's, like, divine providence the only way it can be described okay kyle has a spare room in his apartment that's fully furnished and it just become available because his roommate moved out so he wants to know if simon just wants to stay with him how convenient how How plotty of you he just happened to leave a mattress exactly that's what i i love like the fully furnished because in my head i'm like i know exactly like in the real life scenario, like I've been to that friend's house who just got a room and they had, and it's literally a mattress on the floor and clothes and piles along the wall. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I remember what that was like when your 17 year old, 18 year old friends had apartments and roommates uh-huh. and milk crates for furniture. Absolutely. I had a full couch. We had road, road signs that we had stolen and made into furniture. Yeah. Mine were political signs. I love it. The cops came from to a party, and they saw the sign, and they were like, yeah, I don't think, like, Mr. Smith would like this very much. I suggest you put it back. And we were like, okay. 
we did because we thought they were going to come back and inspect our apartment. I don't know. Yeah. I was 18. They knock. They walk around and knock on doors and hand them out. How do you know I didn't get this for myself? It was one of the really big plastic ones that was like eight feet long. We used my friend's truck. They knock on my dad's door and ask him to put them in his yard because he lived on a main. So they do do that. Yeah. Even the eight foot ones. Just so you know. Next time I do that, I'll be sure to make make <laughs> when you, you have your argument. And so you say now, that, and they're like, "You live in an apartment." Yeah, you're well, like, on the third floor. <laughs> I got it from my mom. Yeah, why? She asked why you to did throw it in the dumpster? Yeah. Put it up on the wall behind the couch, like it was art. Yeah, absolutely. Um, would you have the uh, argument again in your head next time? You can have a rebuttal, and then maybe you can close you. the chapter. Like I, will. I do that Thank when you. I have a bad dream. I wake up and I finish the dream. Oh. On how I would fix it so that way I can go back to sleep and I can forget about it. You don't do that? Is that weird? I do it with good dreams. I finished the dream, obviously, in a, as in a daydream state. Like, this mm-hmm. is what I, like I was telling Amanda. I woke up the other day and I had a dream that we were in Thailand, I think it was, and um, we were ordering fruit from, like, a fruit truck place mm-hmm. or whatever, and we're waiting for it, and my son runs off, and I go like with him blah 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 and he's like walking into the street and i'm like hey bro don't there's a street there and i turned around to make sure i could see my daughter and i turned back and he was just gone just disappeared oh my god and then i go back over and i'm like hey where's a girl child and like i thought she was with you and she was also gone that's awful and so then it like startled me so much i woke up so then i had to Mm -hmm. daydream how i would find them oh okay and i had put a um what was it an air tag in their shoes so that way oh, i could yeah. know where they are mm-hmm. before we Those went on vacation awesome. and then i realized as i'm like i'm like no that would be a dumb idea because she has nice shoes like what if she's wearing her nice shoes and then somebody tried to steal her shoes and then i wouldn't know in where she was jacket. so then i had to figure out i'd have to put it in like the band of her pants mm-hmm. or somewhere else so Anyway, and then I was like, I couldn't run after them because I can't run fast. So then I had to have the whole scenario in my head of what to do. So then I didn't have the dream again or think about it all day. Oh, we're crazy. I love You should this. try it. Okay. Anyways, Simon is a little sketched out at first. Not like sketched out. Like he's not like, oh my God, what a creepy guy. How could he do that? He was just like. This seems kind of weird. What if I'm putting myself in a bad situation? I grew up on stranger danger. And what happens if this guy turns out to be a freaking serial killer? Like, what am I going to do? And then he's like, wait, I remember, not fondly, but I remember that if he tries to murder me, the mark of Cain will just turn him into a pillar of salt. Mm. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And then I can use it on my potatoes. I... Mm-hmm have a headcanon. I think the real reason Raphael wants Simon dead and the whole Mark of Cain thing not, is because he's going to have a real fucking problem with all the lady vampires <laughs> being like, ah, sign me up. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not Seriously. the lady vampires, but maybe if it gets out, other people will be like, come on, right now. Let's yeah, put it there. Put, put it, let's put go. Baby yeah. girl, let me put it on I'm not, you. I don't have to worry about anything. I can jog at night. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't need my cat ear 
pepper spray. Oh, brass, brass knuckles. knuckles. <laughs> yeah. Cat ear. Taser. Yeah, it looks like a cat's head and the ears are like pointy stabs. Mm. That's cool. Yeah. Okay, so knowing all of his options, knowing that he will be safe from murdering, Simon accepts Kyle's offer. And he just picks up his duffel bag and goes to his truck and he is going to go move in. It just really worked out for Simon here, didn't it? Yeah. Done. (sighs) It's a good time. Yep. Okay. So make sure that you read chapter five, Hell Calls Hell, for next week. Oh, Oh, my God. Okay. For behind-the-scenes content and the latest updates, check us out on Instagram at Podcast. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.